So guys, I'm so happy that we are here together uh, and you are fitting in this narrow organ balcony. We've done in many uh, more, uh, more spacious uh, balconies on more larger instruments. But this is a fantastic instrument to show you the king of instruments today. My name is Vivas Pinkavichus. I'm the organist at Village University St. John's Church, just down the street. And here next to me is Bavilia Savitskaita, my colleague, and she will be demonstrating this magnificent uh, medium-sized organ for you. And I'll be presenting this, uh, this uh, program and uh, talking a little bit about special occasion that we have gathered here today. Do you know, guys, uh, what's, what's special about today? Exactly. One of the, let's say, the most significant organ person from the history of music, probably. Johann Sebastian Bach was born uh, 334 years ago, exactly this day, on March 21st. So last year we celebrated very uh, symbolic birthday, 333. Right, three, 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 and now it's three, three, four. It's even difficult to pronounce, right? But I, I trust you can understand my sort of broken English, right? And so, this instrument will present you absolutely spectacular stops. But before we talk a little bit more about it, let's hear the most famous organ piece ever created, which is. Probably you guess, right? You can guess. Toccata and Fugue in D minor by J.S. Bach. And this piece is significant not only because you all know its beginning motif so well, but because Bach created this piece very, very young. Maybe, let's say, five years younger than you. Maybe he was in the 10th grade or 7th or 11th grade, just around uh, finishing the high school, right? He was basically a kid just like you. But somehow we know this piece so well today because he was a spectacular virtuoso. He could play with his hand and feet and everybody who observed him, just like uh, Dovile will be playing in a second, they would think that the instrument is playing by itself. You know, he barely lifts the fingers and feet. He was so calm, just like Dovile will be. Probably, <laughs> right? So let's hear the most famous toccata and fugue in the minor.
and works. So this piece, uh, as you know, was written by the young composer Johann Sebastian Bach. And even scientists today don't believe that such a person might have written this piece. They say maybe some other German composer have written, and maybe even not for organ, maybe for violin, because some of the melodies are particularly suited to play on, on four violins strings. But it is today common knowledge that no really no organist from 18th century, beginning of 18th century, could have created such a virtuosic pedal passages as well with the feet. So today scientists kind of agree that this piece was written by none other than Johann Sebastian Bach. But he was very young, and therefore we we hear in this piece very experimental teachers which were not around later in his, in his life. So, you're probably very curious what goes on in those pipes, right? Why some of those pipes are so shiny and uh, are there any more of them inside? I could tell you stories about this instrument until, um, until next Monday, but we don't have that much time. So let me, uh, let me just introduce you basically how the organ works, right? Although the instrument is called King of Instruments, right? And it's the most complex human device ever created until mechanical or technological revolution in the uh, 1900s, until the, the, you know, the machines were created, right? It was the most significant invention, mechanical device, together with the clock, which has the cuckoo in it, right? You know this cuckoo clock. So the organ was also very important and complex, but it only has to have three things. Three things. Can you guess? The first is the pipes, tubes, yes, pipes we call it. Then the second is the keyboard, some kind of uh, device to 
let the air into the pipes. And uh, today, in the 21st century, we do this by depressing the, the keys and the reservoirs mechanical devices which are invisible from outside. And the third one, very important, is stop knobs. You know, this is part of the mechanics. But the third one is do you know what are lungs, human lungs? Yes. Everybody has lungs. Without lungs, I could not speak, right? I could not breathe. And you too. And we could not sing. And the organ probably has to have lungs too. You see? So those lungs are called bellows. Bellows. You know what is accordion? Yeah. It also has bellows, right? Bellows. Uh, do you know what is uh, harmonium, other instrument which, ha which has uh, some kind of device which raises the uh, air pressure? So inside of this organ, there is a special chamber for, for its lungs, for bellows. And uh, earlier in, in, in 18th century, uh, there was no electricity like today, so people had to pump the bellows by hand or by feet. Smaller instruments by, were done by, by hand, and larger instruments like this were pumped by large five, six pedals like this. So it's it's very uh, difficult job, and uh, organists have to have uh, have to be very nice for such a person uh, who who will pump the bellows. Because what happens if that person is angry? Yes, and there is no sound. And imagine, Dovile, even if Dovile has to be nice to that person right now, and there is a, let's say, liturgy or a concert going on, and she has to play, but I'm the bellow treater, and I'm angry, right? And I'm refused to treat the bellows. And there is no sound. And who is in trouble? The villain, right? So, not me. Uh, maybe I'll be later in trouble, but not now. So you see, it's a cooperation of between two people, organist and the bellow treater, who in 19th century and, and 17th century and 18th century, many hundred years ago, was called Kalkan. And actually, uh, there is a special stop here, which is called Kalkan, to remind us that this is the stop for initiating the engine. You know, you, you, you pull this lever and then the air flows stop, stops, right? And there is no sound. There is still sound because there is some air left in the lungs. But if you keep it for long, yes, what happens? It's getting weaker, 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 weaker. Exactly. Good, 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 good. You must be very you see, there is no sound. And, uh, and now the villa can turn on the engine with this calcan, yes? Imagine this cat man pumping now the bell. Yes, and now even we have the heating in the church, it's very comfortable, right? We have electricity, but in those days when Bach was alive, it was actually very cold to practice in, in, in the winter. So mainly organists practiced uh, during the concerts and the ceremonies, but mainly they practiced at home with different kind of keyboard instruments which were called 
pedal clavichords and pedal harpsichords were used, right? So, so now the villa is probably very uh, anxious to play for you the next piece for you. Very gentle, um, four-part uh, suite, which is called pastoral. And when we are listening to this pastoral, we can discover some of the softer and gentle organ sounds, like flutes, right? Which will be quite different from what we heard in the toccata and fugue. No harsh screams of the mixtures and principles, but now will be probably fugues and some of the gentle reeds, which we will talk about later. So this piece is very famous too, but, but you're lucky today because you get to know not only toccata and fugue, by Bach, but some of the also very important pieces from our long, centuries long repertoire.
wonderful piece, personally to me, it reminds of spring, just like today. Uh, a little bit too cold for spring today, right? But imagine the birds, imagine the flowers and the leaves, and everything is visible in this festival by Johann Sebastian Bach. So you're wondering, right, this instrument, is it a big instrument or a small instrument? I would say medium size. You know guys where the largest pipe organ is in the world? Not in Vilnius. In Vilnius we have in Vilnius we have three keyboards, the largest pipe organ in my church. But in America and in Australia we have two instruments which have, have has seven in seven manuals, seven keyboards. And one is in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Do you know where Atlantic City is? Yes, and this, this boardwalk uh, auditorium. Uh, and this is a spectacular instrument with more than 1,000 organ stops. Do you know how many organ stops here are? Let's calculate. Yes, around, around 30. Oh, so around 30 stops. Uh, you, you see 33 numbers, but not all of them are uh, stops. Some of them are uh, additional tools, you know, to, to engage like couplers and other things. But around 30 stops we have in this medium-sized instrument. But in America, in this New Jersey instrument in Atlantic City, there is uh, seven manuals and over 1,000 stops. And it's, uh, it has more than 33,000 pipes inside. 33,000. Imagine. Uh, each stop has as many pipes as there are keys. Can you count the keys? How many keys there are on this organ? It's easy, right? Yes, we can approximate this number because there are around 30 stops and around 50 keys. Who can uh, add uh, 30 times 50? Yeah, 1,500 stops. Is it possible that inside of this medium-sized instrument there is 1,500 stops? I would say yes. Pipes, pipes. Yes, and only those visible uh, metal pipes are visible. And they are so shiny because they have a lot of special metal. You know what is about uh, special about this metal? It has a lot of not not uh, lead, but no. aluminum. No. Tin, exactly tin, tin, tin. So organ pipes from metal. They have two metals, uh, two alloys uh, mixed together, tin and lead. And the more they are shiny outside, they have almost 100% tin. And pipes inside, they don't have to be so shiny. They have much more lead inside. So, but lead is very dangerous for health, you know, poisons, yes? And European Union has forbidden to use any lead materials in electronics, you know, like, like computers, cell phones, special toys, tablets, everything. No lead allowed, right? But organ pipes are almost always made out of lead, too. So what happens that a group of organ builders from Germany, from England, from the Netherlands, from all across Europe, lobbied European 
uh, council to allow, to continue to allow to make organ pipes from lead. Because there is this uh, scientific research that if you don't put lead into your mouth, it's not that dangerous, you know. And organ builders uh, undergo special medical uh, treatments and they check their health very frequently and they don't eat lead. I can guarantee it, right? But I, I've seen the lead from up close and it's very, very tricky to handle. So, we'll talk about the largest pipe organ in the world after the, set, after the next piece, which will be also by Johann Sebastian Bach, and there is gentle movement from the, uh, from the second organ sonata. You know, a sonata is, is a special piece which doesn't have any notion of choral tune or any other special created melody. Com composer created sonatas for his eldest or second, I would say eldest son, yes, Wilhelm Friedemann Bach. Uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, Wilhelm Friedemann Bach as his son. And he was very capable, also a young virtuoso. And you will see how difficult it is to play three voices in, the end, in, the, in each hand. In, in the right hand there is the top voice, in the left hand there is this middle voice, and in two feet the villain will play the bass line, the, 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 the bottom voice. And you can all follow the melody on the sheet as well. So let's imagine that Bach himself stands uh, across this bench and looks at uh, his uh, oldest uh, son, Wilhelm Friedemann. Uh, you have to be Wilhelm Friedemann now, right? Uh, pressure is on you and on me and on all of us, right? And imagine that uh, her assistant, Renata, is Johann Sebastian Bach, right? And she will correct any mistakes that will be or not be. Okay? You will. <laughs> yes, let's 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 listen for mistakes and enjoy. Yes.
get any mistakes? No, no. She played just as William Wiedemann Bach would have done. All right? All right. I'm so glad that Dovila can, uh, can demonstrate this instrument for you today, right? And we heard so many beautiful uh, stops already, right? Uh, but uh, there is some, some of the two most famous and wonderful pieces left in this program. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the largest pipe organ in America, okay? This Atlantic City instrument with seven manuals. I, I said uh, like uh, 33,000 pipes and over 1,000 uh, stops. Do you know what's the length of the largest pipe organ, a pipe, uh, organ pipe in the world, the tallest pipe? Well, I think from in meters, it is like 20 meters. They're like, like five-story building. And can you imagine the, the sound that such a pipe can make? The, 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 the biggest organ pipe here, it's called Subas probably, right? It's not very large. It is only a 16 feet uh, 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 sound, which, which means that it is, it is one octave lower than I'm pressing. But here is a few some of the deepest organ sounds. Soft, right? Very soft. Very soft. Okay, very loud, could be loud. Largest uh, organ pipe is like five-story building and produces vibrations barely audible to, to a human being. You know, it's like uh, have you ever listened to the sound of the helicopter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. very loud. Very loud, like a rumble. You know, and it's said that you cannot play very, very loud or very, very soft on this instrument, on this pipe. You know. It is uh, 64 feet long. The feet of the, of the measurement is around 30 centimeters. So you have to calculate like this. 30 times 64. Can you calculate like this? It will be like uh, something like close to 20 meters or 25 meters. Uh, and this is the length of the tallest organ pipe in the world. And you can only play in the medium uh, Dynamics, not too loud and not too soft, because what happens if you play too loud or too soft, this the the walls will will uh, break and this and the glass will break also. You know the church will uh, tremble and the earth earthquakes will begin and tsunamis, right? Tsunami, you know what tsunami. Is? Tsunamis can be caused not only by earthquakes but also by largest type organ. Uh, so luckily for us, this is not that kind of organ, and there is there will be no tsunami alert today, just yet, <laughs> just yet. But maybe next time we will manage to do it. So uh, let's now hear very sweet sounding chorale by Johann Sebastian Bach, which is often heard in weddings and special communions. You know, it's called Jesu. Uh, joy of man's desiring in English. But in German it was called Jesu bleibt meine Freude, sort of uh, uh, Jesus 
remains my friend. Yes, this is a movement from one of the famous uh, cantatas by Bach. And cantata is a is a piece for soloist, for for choir, for uh, for orchestra, orchestra, right? And and uh, and for keyboard instrument as well. So Bach in his day, five years in a row wrote a cantata for each Sunday. Imagine that he was uh, working as a as a music director in um, in Leipzig in in, the, in Germany in Central Germany, and every week he would prepare the scores and rehearse and perform one complete cantata. Usually we play on the organ this part and, and there, there would be other string instruments like violin, like viola, cello and the copter, double bass and the other wind instruments would play together, you know, and soloists would sing choir parts and this would be done every single Sunday, five years in a row. It was like a 50 Sundays per year, right? 52, right? So uh, for Christmas and uh, Easter there would be more cantatas because there are larger celebrations. So five years in a, in a row this legendary man would have done this. And sadly, actually those many cantatas are lost, right? But what remains today is such a beautiful music, you will probably cry. At least I know I will. Okay, let's, let's hear it. Oh, and Bavilla will play a surprise for you later, including in this piece. So listen for the surprise. Technique that uh, that Bavilla created 
combining two songs into one is very uh, very same technique that Johann Sebastian done, Bach would have done in his day too. He liked, liked surprises of musical kinds as well. So wonderful guys, I'm so delighted that you came and you didn't fall uh, from this balcony yet. And we, this is a relief to us, right? Safety cross, it's so important to be kept safe uh, in this church. So, um, uh, for this final celebration of the birthday, 334 years from Bach's birthday, uh, we will hear prelude, special uh, organ piece, which is called the prelude in G major uh, by Bach. Uh, and uh, in this piece, you will hear two specific themes combined also, and sometimes they alternate, like theme A combines with, uh, alternates with theme B, A, B, A, B, like that. This was Bach's favorite technique to write preludes and cantatas and other concerto-like pieces. So let's hear the final piece of today's program now, and let's think back about all those 334 years that Bach has created. But before Gorilla's uh, plays, I'd just like to say that actually we are connected to Bach today. You, you don't know this, but I have calculated that you can trace your lineage from your teachers, to students, back to Bach. And, uh, you know, Bach was somebody's student. In Bach he had many, like 40 students, right? And many of them became composers and organists too. And, uh, and then their students have their, their own students and students and students. And I, I calculated that I am 11th generation Bach student. And the reader is too, probably, but through different lineage, because we had some of the same teachers, but some of the different teachers as well. So anyone who plays, plays an instrument, um, a piano, violin, flute, you can, you can be sure that Bach was somewhere in your history as well, because maybe your teacher studied uh, keyboard, like piano, with some, with some student of the descendant of Bach, you know? And we can carry this Bach tradition through the new millennium, okay? And there is a suggestion from the video. If you would like to listen from downstairs, there would be a big difference for the organ sound. And then come back, of course, if you touch the organ yourself. Okay?
Let's go upstairs now.